Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to our conversation spot. And welcome back to episode two. We're not very good with these intros. We don't have a recorded one uh, yet. And we haven't even really planned what we're going to say to you. We were just in the middle of a conversation and we decided to hit record. So I'll just say hello first. And I'll say hello second. This is Alessandra Polizzi from Verdant Consulting. We're really, really pleased about the um, signs we got from all of you last week. Um, the reception of, of our... Uh, of our little conversation has been a lot warmer than we anticipated even, so we're really grateful. Um, we're also conscious that this has been talked about the time that people are on vacation. We're trying to semi-fit in as much life as we can ourselves, so it's maybe not quite marketing the way we'd like it to. And um, the, the reason we hit record quickly is because uh, I was getting super up in arms about how I'm hoping for some people to appear and they haven't yet subscribed uh, it, to the idea, not to us or the forum, just kind of, they haven't yet shown their hand that they would like to participate at all. Um, but I think it's a noise space, Dwena. I mean, when I look at this space, just a lot of people are sort of scrambling in with kind of randomness. It just is all over the place, be it, oh, we're going to, I'm going to somehow reverse engineer something I already have and pretend like it's somehow tied to, and, and everyone is, because not everyone, but a vast majority are linking to psychological safety as a concept, mm -hmm. which we both know is really more of an outcome of hmm. the work. Um, you can, there's specific tactics you can do, but you have to do those things. You can't just be psychologically safe overnight. Um, so I think it's hard right now for folks to navigate. So, you know, I think it's going to take a couple of, you know, iterations for us to get the folks in that, again, in service to us, helping support them achieve our collective vision of mm -hmm. making work more productive and less painful. Very, very true. I think there's quite some sense of, um, of scarcity that's returning in a sense and there's a little bit of uh, when that happens and people perceive harder times they tend to become less collaborative less open less willing to share other information or time or emotion so um in a sense it kind of reflects the economical situation and the fact that people are scattered and tired and, and all of this these crises of, of workplace that we've been speaking about haven't magically resolved themselves, just like everything else we get tired talking about. Um, neither have any of the other bits that we cannot repeat again because it becomes a broken record. Um, so we're not better we're, collectively. What I observe in the people we work with, um, and I don't mean internally, because I, I never take the uh, my teams as a barometer because we are so incredibly powered by intrinsic motivation and we're changing the world and if anything i need to stop my people from killing themselves not not kind of pull at them but so my, my fear is that if i ever kind of take the parts of the workplace through them i get a very skewed view so what, what i tend to kind of try to look at is the overall picture of the technology landscape of the knowledge landscape and 
I see disillusion. I see people more tired than ever. I see a lot of running back to command and control. That is terrifying. I think this is becoming a lot more acceptable. The conversation on this is not the way we should be doing leadership has weakened over the last year or two. There's very little criticism of leadership. Um, a few years ago, if you remember, every article of one of two was why are leaders such a joke and why can't we make managers into leaders? And it's a, yet another one we got tired of saying, so we kind of dropped it. I feel, uh, have I ever told you, I think this is what happened to the idea of teamwork. You know, those Ooh. team building exercises in the 80s yes. when fell over. But there was nothing wrong with that stuff. We just got bored of it and kind of, kind of corny because we had it in the sitcoms. There was nothing wrong with that. It's the, this continuous run, and it ties into what you said earlier, for the new shiny stuff that we offer the industry and that the industry asks of us is one of the primary reasons we have human that if we could clean it up, bring it back to fundamentals, genuinely talk about emotions and humans and behaviors, we would have a very different conversation. We wouldn't have a scarcity. We wouldn't be clawing at each other for the last dime in the pocket of a big enterprise. And we wouldn't be pretending we're not all trying the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think many of the things you've talked about, let's talk about the teamwork back, you know, back in the day, or um, often I think of the Saturday Night Live skits of the I'm good enough, I'm, str I'm strong enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Um, unfortunately, that stuff works, but only if you the underlying foundation is there. So you can't just build a house on top of a trash heap and then be disappointed when it slides downhill and crashes, right? Or you're infested with whatever was living in that trash heap, um, et cetera. Uh, because if you don't actually understand the why, right? And, and aren't intrinsically um, motivated by the purpose of the outcome. If you're more on checking the box and did we do the thing that someone specifically asked for versus are we solving the problem? Right. Um, then yeah, of course it's easy to get bored. Um, oh. but there, there are things that, that we have incorporated, uh, that still have somewhat stayed timeless. What I worry about is some of them are very destructive. The things like the command, how on earth is command and control still even an option? Why, why is it still there? And why haven't things that are common sense? more pervasively permeated the workplace. That's my lack of understanding, right? There's so many other industries when something new comes along, a new practice, a new process, something new they've read and they comprehend it two or three years on the line, you see them actually doing the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't quite understand why in business and in the knowledge industry, we just don't do the thing. I mm -hmm. mean, the, and the thing is, is you know, can mean many things, but that's how we end up with, with, with human debt, which we talk about it. We're not quite sure which of the things is the thing. And we didn't just decide to drop it altogether because it's kind of too hard, too complicated and so on. So who should have this ownership? I mean, look, we talked last time, we've been honest about there's, there's um, you know, kind of, uh, there's a knowledge that uh, kind of a, a sense of duty and, and then of HR to a degree, right? And we know that there are loads and loads of people out there who are suffering because of it, because they want to do more, because they can't. So this, these are the things we need to systematically uncover. What if we do one topic a week and go, okay, guys, 
Is it that they tell you we don't need anything? Is it that they tell you we're good? Is it that they tell you we have more important priorities, case in which this an easy one, we can start chipping at it. Is it that they tell you this will cost us too much or it's too long or I'm retiring in three years, I don't care about you. What is happening inside the organization that is stopping you from this? Do HR people not know about team topologies? Do they not know about... Uh, you know, how, how to do psychological safety a la Google? Do they not know about dependability and purpose and impact? Of course they do. Do they not know? They might not know what to employ to, to, to get to it. And then kind of that's where the the inflation in the market and the many words and the hundreds of proprietary frameworks and the fact that we confuse the market ourselves is why why we have to all come together and clean it up. But we all know, but what is the stopper? What's the blocker? Let us all be servant leaders for each other and figure out what this blocker is. Yeah. And and then I think chipping away at what we hear as well as what people share in this group, um, you know, that's what we do full time, right? So um, we can help dismantle that or we can also help identify where can I get started given yes. this context, right? If I have an executive team, that isn't bought in, is there work, is there work I still can do? Um, and how can I, chip, as you said, chip away at that? So I think that's a great place for us to start on what are the objections or what, what are the blockers yeah. and how do we help you get either get those out of the way or work around them? I would expose them. Mm -hmm. I think, or not expose them in the sense that it would cost you your job, God forbid. Yes. But um, make them become visible to these people that are having no clarity over what happens if you don't, right? Um, I, I genuinely don't believe that anyone comprehends the heart of agile, the heart of collaboration, the heart of psychological safety, the, the fact that we need to have genuinely emotionally involved and authentic leaders. I don't think anyone's saying we don't need those things. I don't know anyone who's understood and went like, no, thank you. I'm good. So we need to figure out what the holdup is and remove it because while we exist in our, what feels like a safe enough business reality, there are companies out there that are existing in a very different parallel reality. And those companies are spending time refining their process. They're spending time understanding precisely how their people function, how their consumers function, and then speeding up their technology because their people are happy, engaged, and willing to do it. What are the odds? Us with our human that can compete against those people. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's my fear. And it's all, I sound, you know, like an alarmist. I've spent 30 years in fintech going like, oh my God, the, the, the fintechs are coming to eat your lunch for banks. <laughs> And they did, and nobody cares. And the reality of it is we have very few big structures where leadership teams are and, and, and stakeholders are involved at an owner level to the point that we can trust their goodwill to override human debt in a non-systemic way. But where you're in an organization where you don't have that, what do we do? Well, I think the vast majority don't even, they don't know how. They don't know how. So the the heart might be willing, but the body is weak, right? So um, they may want these things, right? But they don't, it seems too big, too arduous, too scary in many cases, too risky, too personal, too all these things. So they 
think, okay, well, since we've never done this in the past, then I guess we don't need to do it now. Right. And so what is missing is the, has the past really been working for us? Right. And, and, and so, that's where we're going. And, and yeah, are we always going to be looking backwards instead of forwards and actually understanding the science of what it is to be human and therefore what it means to get work outputs from human beings. Like we would read the manual on any other capital investment, but we don't read the manual on the human capital, which is it by and large our biggest investment. So we so don't much. understand the maintenance. We don't understand proper care and feeding of yeah. this huge investment, especially if we're knowledge workers yeah. because the output is about what comes from between the ears and guess what's muddled in the middle of all of that is emotion. Right. Very, very good point. We don't have the tools. We don't have the practices. We don't have the demand. We don't have the appreciation. And this will be kind of the second part of the journey is going to be, it's not going to be good enough that we start saying, yes, our people and ourselves and everyone else needs to spend the proportion of their time working on, topics such as emotions and behaviors. End of. It's not going to be at good the enough. Very least, at the very least, let's just acknowledge that they exist. Okay, let's just, can we just start there? That the right. whole like leaving it at the door concept is bunk. There's nothing that's ever right. shown that that's real. Um, if you if you don't have emotions, that's actually, the you're broken. Uh, I need to get that addressed. But like, we all have them. And so this whole facade it, it's so funny like you said it's common sense mm -hmm. but we build this facade of uh pretending that we don't have emotional needs emotional history emotional reactions we spend so much energy on that imagine if we didn't have to spend all that time masking and pretending to be something right. that we just are not right very true and it's, I think the topic of masks is a very, very interesting one. I've spent quite some time over the last couple of weeks um, musing on it. I've, I've started an experiment on TikTok called the filters experiment. And I was just trying to see whether it allows me to be any freer, any less free, kind of how it made me feel, how it made my teams feel. We were playing with a couple of things. And... Um, I think the, what it drove me to is, is, as you know, part of my interest lies in the neurodivergent side of things. And what it drove me to was understanding the difference between voluntary masks you want to employ and being forced to take up a mask that a certain environment is is putting upon you. And that difference is crucial. I think we, for masks that we, we choose, that we want to present ourselves in a, self, in a certain way, we should absolutely allow those, mandate those, allow people to show themselves in whichever way they feel necessary. Whether that, well, obviously in, within the confines of legality, we don't want anyone naked on Zooms, but um, <laughs> maybe we do. I don't know that kind of thing. But most other workplace, let people show up however they want. If you have a rule for people to be on camera, let them put up a filter then if you're going to make them be on camera. So this is part of the advice we're thinking of. Look, all of these small pieces of advice, do this, have all the cameras, don't have anyone in the room. They're all great pieces of advice. But what, what terrifies me, I was saying earlier, is the fact that we don't seem to take one amazing idea and then just 
it's simulated as a work practice everywhere. Forget the, the frameworks, forget the, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> Command and control is not a um, Google thing. It's an overall life thing. We cannot continue like this. Um, and then commit, disagree and commit. The idea of commitment, the idea that comes from 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 uh, Amazon, it's been six, seven, eight years. Why doesn't every, forget that they don't do the entire thing, but why doesn't every other enterprise understand that there is a lot of debate that's necessary and then it's all of us that need to absolutely be invested in doing this thing happen, making this yeah. thing happen, being a team. I think we take the parts that we feel comfortable with and ignore the rest. Very true. Very so I just talked to a company this week and they were implementing crucial conversations, which is, you know, we read a book, all of a sudden everybody's going to read the book and we're going to blah, blah, blah. And imagine if I have a crucial conversation with you without there being trust, psychological safety. I, first of all, you can't, uh, you I, I can't, right? And if I do, I'm, I mean, that's just, it's unrealistic. So we, again, we're, we're, we're about the, about the what, but we're not about the how, right? So like we talk about these ways you should be, especially as leaders, be vulnerable, be this, be that, do this. But okay, but how, how, what is the infrastructure? What, what are the, uh, what are the ways in which I can do that in a way that keeps me whole and, and safe yeah. as well, right? But I don't, and you know, we talk and we talk and we talk about it and it makes it sound like we're still talking about it. There's no difference. Yes. I don't think, so. I think, I think the difference between us and other people has always been, and I've all, always, always been super mindful to not just talk about it. I didn't want to be one yes. other that just says all the things and doesn't right. do anything. Right. So what I wanted to do instead was uh, make sure that we get something out of it that anyone could do. And when it comes to, to, um, HR leaders being able to move the needle for leadership, right? There's such big boulders to have to budge, right? There's the lack of understanding of what servant leadership is. There's the fact that any new type of leadership requires authenticity, a, a, a good stable brand, a person who knows themselves, a person who wants to believe they have value to bring, so they inspire, all kinds of things we don't have in leadership today. Yep. But also some people who are very EQ'd, and that is kind of the, the crux of it all. You need leaders who understand emotions and, 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 and behaviors and don't pretend they don't exist, like you said. And then you need all of us to go, yes, these are human parts of our lives. We have to spend time on them at work. The fact that we are called to pretend we are robots is just mind-blowing. And, and again, about the, the to-dos, right? Because I started saying there are ways, and then I dropped yeah. it. Uh, but the ways are to move some of these big things. Try and, and, and uh, I always try and kind of move one ideological thing, either give them a shocking book. I, I try to start with the Phoenix project from, uh, from Jim Kim because it just gives them such an, oh my God, this is what happens. If not... But if not uh, that, then at least give them something that you know will yes, land. Yes. Brené Brown, uh, Alistair Cockburn, something that you know will land and will make them think of the important human work. And then just kind of start seeping knowledge into the... That's, that might be good enough. And then maybe sit them down, have some conversation on psychological safety with them, encourage them to start a team. It's my best tip for HR towards leadership. They don't have a team. They suffer. They're alone. They're afraid. They're not in a team. They're in a posturing, impression management meeting once every month. If you want them to be helpful and useful, you need to make them a team that has psychological safety first. Oh, 
So yeah, find ways to make a team of your leaders first. So, okay. So I, I love this idea of us actually giving tactics because again, it's not about the what, it's about the how. And I think we talk at people, not we, you and I, but in general, having been in leadership development for 20 years, it's just a bunch of like you shoulds and finger wagging. So uh, if you were going to say, okay, somebody's like, this looks interesting. I, I'm an advocate. I want to address human debt. Uh, what's your one tip to get started? And I'll give, I'll give mine. Good. Um, I wish I had one magical tip. Well, My, it's, magical it's, it's, one among many. <laughs> one among many. I, I would always obviously say people need a tool of sorts. We do have a dashboard. So we would say, get them in. As soon as you get people there, you'll know if they don't want to do the work, what their problems are, what they're moaning about. Get people on the on the tool and you'll immediately figure out where you are. You'll get the diagnosis immediately, if nothing else. And different teams have different issues and they can just move towards those specific place and get somewhere right away. Because the reason I say that, and you know, sounds self-serving, of course we made it, but it's because we have spent a ridiculous amount of time to close the feedback loop with a proof of action, with your actions changing your measurements. And I think having that proof that your your uh, your behavior can and will change depending on something you've done together, it is absolutely magical and crucial. So get people, if you don't have a tool like ours, get them around the table and mimic some of these things and create that instant human connection in your team. Then you can start the work. Yeah. So um, mine is kind of like yours, but it is... Um, pull back and look at there's kind of two different ways you can do it. There's one formal, one informal or quantitative, more qualitative. You know, I just did this a couple weeks ago with a client where we did the 12 psychosocial hazards that the WHO identified. And very clearly one of them came up as the big kahuna. Like this was the one that was holding the team. Other stuff wasn't great, but this one was the one, right? And it was workload. So, okay, now we can double click on workload and say, what's driving workload? And mm. they got into a great conversation about our priorities, how we make decisions, mm. um, you know, uh, what's the process. And so, but through that conversation, then they identified action plans for addressing it. So mm. having, if we look at data instead of personality and opinion and all those other things, right? then it makes the com it opens up the ability to have that conversation right. More qu qualitatively would be what are the last three disasters I'm, and i'm using that just kind of you know what are the last three are we big using big, yeah. are, you, are we using big girl words on this oh yeah we're sweating okay, absolutely all right so great because what are the last three shit shows shit that the shows, team but, has gone through yeah. And ask yourself the five whys. What about yeah. that was related yeah. to the people side of work? Yeah. And be curious and intellectually honest. If you have to do this by yourself, then that's a place to start. But get, yeah. and, uh, and I think another way to do that, which is what you said, is find other like-minded people who care about humans and are okay being honest, like build that, even if it's just two people, even if it's just three people, let's be intellectually honest uh, about where we are so we know where to start. Exactly. I keep saying, find the people that are as amazed as you are that the emperor is butt naked. 
<laughs> you know, sometimes be in a room and you, 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 you know we've always been in those boardrooms when you're in a meeting and you're thinking this cannot be the best that the, this country or this enterprise or all of us in this industry can come up with we are all absolutely lying to each other we have entered this twilight zone where we're all saying some words we all know they're not quite the thing but we just kind of carry on now. We are in this charade that has just taken our minds and we shall finish it. Otherwise, we shall never get to the toilet. So it's just a bizarre, it's almost like a workplace psychosis that happens in some rooms and in some meetings and in some organizations where the size of the human there is so terrific that no one there accuse it when it's live around them. Oh my God. The panic from fucking hell. Oh my god, it's still recording. That's what works. Yes, still recording. Uh, <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. So the internet died. I don't know what you heard last, but thank you, baby Jesus, that you didn't leave. Because if you had left, we would have had zero. Oh, no. You know what? Yes. I forgot to tell you this, and I was desperately calling you on your American mobiles to let you know that if you leave, I have no internet because it holds it on either one or the other, I think. Okay. Yeah, I might be wrong. I don't know. But what, what were know. we saying? Oh, it was. I stayed. I stayed. So here we are. You stayed. I really I appreciate that. What, we were, what were we talking about? I can only hope that it... Do you understand what I'm saying? It says 56% uploading. I'm presuming it still has it on the browser, your browser and my browser, because if my, it doesn't actually... 99% uploading, so... Because it's probably waiting for my version so that it says 100% on Got yours. Hope, right? It. That's my hope. If I'm wrong, yes. we have no podcast episode two, which would be a dramatic loss for the universe because we were it so really amazing. Because we're so good. <laughs> you and know, I am... So so talk. Anyway, like... Oh. Uh, so honestly, you guys... I think it's good. I think giving some actionable, like cure tactics. Because I know for me, when I'm sit, when I was sitting in role, like I don't need all the. I, just tell me what exactly will move the needle forward. Like, right. I just need to go. Yeah. I just want. What do I do and why? Right. So. If I'm if I'm really honest, and this is the place to be really honest, this is what's really gotten my goat i feel like like the hr community has really triggered my rejection sensitivity dysphoria because i always thought when we first thought of this i always thought i knew where they were coming from i knew that they were as kind of overworked as innovation managers i knew that we were all the same milk and we had all studied the same things and we know the same things and whatever i also couldn't tell how much of the things i was learning from the devops community and agile community hadn't ever crossed the the stream, right? So when I realized that, I was very happy. I'm like, how very dare you, DevOps and Agile, sit down and tell these people they need to kind of uphold and so on. But I think in some places the ship had sailed completely, the, the trust had been broken completely, and so the tech side of things was not bringing HR along at all for the journey, and they were so far along understanding some things that they weren't. So they had practically, with that, with the gap of this knowledge, they had isolated the HR community into an or not the HR function in their enterprise into an admin-only function. Um, and and now they were just kind of scared and not interested in kind of any, um, I'm not looking at you because I'm autistic, not because you're not stunning, and not interested in any um, kind of any any repair moves, right? 
So anytime I was coming from the, oh my God, Agile is astounding. I swear to God, it's astounding. Let's do some Agile in HR. I didn't mean let's more, let's hire faster. Mm -hmm. I meant let us understand what Agile thinking means so that we can help these people get those people that they need. I so meant I many others. Anyway. I guess, but I just presented last week to a group of HR professionals under, um, they call it HR rebels, right? And I asked the group, how many of you see your role as strategic, you know, and as driving the direction of the organization? A hundred percent. Recent studies show that C-suite, 60% of the C-suite, C-HR is administrative. So that means we're getting pushed back into the closet, so to speak. We're getting pushed back, you know, into the back of the, of, of the room. Um, the door is being slammed in our face. We think we're, we're strategic and we should do the people yes. work. 60% yeah. of the C-suite says, no. no. Not Stop. at the table. Not at the table. I know for a fact that that is the case because, okay, so again, going back to my story, when I first started, I thought when we come up and we, look, HR couldn't help you a-holes, to be honest with you, you tech people, because you gave them nothing. How were they supposed to magically do this? You have a bunch of people that have no EQ and no willingness to be doing some of this stuff. And they have no tools. What did you expect? Wait until we make them some tools and we tell uh, the C-suit that the human work matters and then they'll kill it, right? So I was very surprised when I saw that we ended up in some conversations that we had been brought in from the agile and technology side. And when we met HR, HR was very, very reluctant to engage with us. I just couldn't understand. And I was like, wait a minute, I made this thing to help. Why are you people so reluctant to do these things that I'm, I know you need to do and you're desperate to do? And I think what was happening was they were burnt out. They had attempted once or twice to bring us a, a smidgen of a thing in that didn't quite work out. So I understand why it went that way. But for me personally, I was like, "How? why? This is a thing that will make these people do the things that they don't want to do for you. And it will also make you be the the partner that C-Suit needs to drive this. Right now, they are not at the table. I mean, in these, in some of these projects where we became a supplier, they are not at that table. They don't even understand that the table is where you do the human work. The table is not where you write the policy. So I want HR to relieve from there and to become Counselor Troy. Sit down and go like, no, I have a sense, even if you, we went that direction, forget the data. I have a feeling in my loins that this particular hire is bad. Let's go back there. I take that feeling-based HR over database hiring any day. Mm. Sorry. I just want the best for all of us. And the best for all of us is to do the bloody human work. <laughs> but we can use data to do that, right? We can. I like so, data to have conversations. Let's have database qualitative versus opinion-based uh, conversations. It's like... Um, I think I shared with you before about how I, you know, I presented this executive team and here's like data after data after data after data that shows the impact of uh, the workplace on the mental health of our workers. And the response was, I still think it's this other thing. Like it's still going back to, I'm going to deny all the data and just focus on my opinion. I think once we can equip people to have th those conversations, at least it gives us a, a touchstone that we can, we can all go back to, um, which is based on yeah. fact and research. Yeah. You're very right. I mean, we do need to 
we can't let it's not a phased approach it's one of the reasons i wanted all of us to understand um agile we do not have time for linear thinking and phased approaches and what very advanced and they have taken a lot of time to prepare so that gap in competency is growing by the day so we don't have that type of time we need to act fast so obviously we need to continue our educational work every day like i, I know that the most successful human work advocates are people who send an article a day to their to their bosses and do 90% of them go into spam? Of course, but does that boss know that you're a dog with a bone and you will not stop until your people are genuinely going to be happy not to have a fake NPS call? Also, yes. So it does take all of that chipping work, all that educational work, but maybe we can think together of faster levers, of faster micro popcorn experiments that make them see it faster. Yeah, that's because great... it's high time. And that's why I don't understand why people that are, you know, selling other consultancies, selling other other types of technology, selling themselves in other ways, or what do we disagree on? Because if we don't disagree on anything and we all agree that we need to do more and we need to do it fast and our people need to help us do it, mm-hmm. then we need to do it together. That's right. That's right. right. I think we kind of run out of time, haven't we? If the first part exists. But I think we talked about what the, our vision moving forward a little bit, which is one, we want to hear from you, from people who are listening, who want, who are advocates for this work. Um, What, what's in your way so we can, we can come up with tactics and strategies for addressing that. And, and like you said, share actual call to action, things I can go do immediately that can make a difference right or maybe we're going to end up eventually having this common deck that we know works on execs it has this thing that makes them fall over backwards this thing that makes them hope they're going to make more of a brand and of money and then this thing that shows them how to do it this works for all execs give it to them the magical portion then they'll start on the human work wouldn't that be great that would be amazing yes well thank you today (laughs) <laughs> yes, just the shortcuts to life. Yes. Um, thank you so much for today. And thank you so much, everyone who has signed up and has supported us in this. We are nowhere near professionals with this stuff. We don't know where to start. We don't want to start and continue all by ourselves. We are hoping you guys are going to jump on this. Um, I, to be honest with you, no one is taking the first steps of, of writing in the forum as much as I'd like them to. I'll, Alessandria and I will spend a lot of time over the next couple of weeks trying to kind of move this conversation. But equally, it depends on all of you and it depends on all of us coming together to understand if we don't all agree we need to do it, no one will. That's right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.